Oh, here we go. We are back. No, you know what they say about wishing. What is that? You can shit in one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up faster. (laughs) Welcome to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together podcast, where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy. So we're back and we were going to talk about a couple concepts, some things that I've learned in my coach training and some things just to kind of refresh our memories about how we can operate day to day and make our make our days a little bit easier. So reflecting back on some of the conversations and interactions that we've had in our Facebook group, I really want to talk more about that inner critic and inner dialogue because one of the major influences that we have is is this conversation that we have with ourselves. And it's that, again, that mindset and identifying when that negative critic, the inner critic starts to come around is identifying that and changing your thought. And unfortunately, there's really no good way to do this without just acknowledging it and practicing it. Some people do thought downloads or like journal, like you just take a page and write everything that you're thinking Mm -hmm. out of your mind and on paper. And that sometimes creates more space in your mind for more positive thinking. And that can be very therapeutic as well. Some people view journaling as more of like a meditation practice as well. It's just taking that time to process what, what you're thinking and what you're going through in that moment. And setting the intention for your day. It can be a great time to actually think in a positive direction and building many landmarks or milestones throughout your day and what you want to accomplish and shifting your your thoughts and your mood throughout the day. Another thing is just writing down your thought. When you have a negative thought, write down what that positive thought would be. So if I'm saying I'm not smart enough to build this website, I can change that thought and say, I may not know everything now, but I will figure it out. Or I am smart enough to build this website. And just writing down your new thought and changing, again, that inner dialogue that you have. What about, I heard somewhere, and I can't remember if it was a podcast or probably somebody that is smarter than me somewhere. One of the things you can do as well is when your inner critic is telling you something that is probably not true, like what you're saying is I'm I'm not smart enough to figure out this website or any other things where you're beating yourself up and maybe I'm not good enough for this this such and t- such job or whatever you can put that and write down all the reasons why that's not true yeah. like f- like figure or prove that to be true mm-hmm. like where is the evidence of this being true and usually you can't find evidence to support that statement so you're like, okay, well, that's bogus because there isn't anything to support that bullshit statement that Mm -hmm. I keep telling myself over and over. So that's another way. And a lot of those things that you'll realize that are holding you back to say that you're not good enough, not smart enough are assumptions because you just assume something's going to happen or what you assume someone's going to think or how you assume someone's going to respond or react in a certain way. Or it's something, well, this happened to such and such, or this happened to me before. And so now it's taking what happened in the past and applying it to something that's happening in the future, which isn't true either. It hasn't happened that way. So why are you creating the ending to a story when it hasn't happened and you have full control of it, really? Well, and you're kind of creating a self-fulfilling prophecy if that's the intention you set. 
So going back to this inner critic, what do you think is the biggest thing that you hash in your head? Me personally? Mm-hmm. Or in, in general, what most people think about. Oh, God. I think it's probably your your negative beliefs that you think about yourself mm-hmm. for the most part and finding things to reinforce that. And where do those negative beliefs come from? Your thoughts. About what? Ugh. About your reality. And where do you generate your reality? From your parents and your people you surround yourself with and your perceptions of what's going on around you. Exactly. It's all of the influencers that we have in our life. And a lot of times our thoughts are based on our past and previous events. And we relive those and relive those and we relive those over and over again when we should be focusing on the now and taking everything that we've learned and all these influencers and pulling all the positive things from those and applying them to now because all we have is no matter how cliche it sounds is right now yeah we and can when sh- you're taking the past and playing it over and over and over again it just it's like a form of self-torture that especially if it, i mean we never play the great stuff right no i mean maybe we do sometimes but most of the time it's uh you know when you say something and you're like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I should have said this. I should have said this. Mm-hmm. Why did I do that? I, and a lot of times it's, you know, what I replay is, why did you say that like that? Or I can't believe you, you know, you didn't say that. You should have, you know, stood up for something. Or it's usually things like it's the woulda, coulda, shoulda stuff. And you I replay it and it's like, you know what? <clears throat> I did the best I could. It's fine. Yeah. You think of the best shit to say afterwards too. Yeah. You're like, ugh. This would have been perfect. Yeah, you want that zinger. (laughs) Or just, this would have made my point way better than the way terrible way I said it. Yeah, whether you're trying to make a point with your spouse, at work, your friend, you know, you always think about what could have been different. Mm -hmm. And that that eats up a lot of our time. We all, and I'm I'm 100% guilty. I'm not saying that I do this. I'm just, I want to talk about this point to just try to bring some light and maybe we can all have this mind shift a little bit better together, but really thinking positively about the now and not harboring all that energy with that negative inner talk about the past. Why, why exhaust ourselves with what happened then? And we should have done this. And it's just, it's really devastating and it, it gets us stuck. It puts us in a, you know, puts us in that state of fear And then sometimes we're paralyzed to even move forward because we're so scared of making the same mistake. I'm glad you said that because that it's really making yourself, you're really defining your future based on your past. Mm -hmm. And then you're locked into this cycle of wondering why you can't break free from a certain thing. Like say say your pattern is you pick really shitty men to date or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, a good chunk of ladies do. Um, And maybe it's based on how you were raised. Maybe you had really not a good father figure in your life, or maybe you just didn't have very good luck and you keep seeking out that same thing. And Mm -hmm. then you beat yourself up for that. And then you keep repeating the cycle. It's like being a prisoner of your past and not being able to break free and move forward in the future. Mm -hmm. And then you become a victim in a way. And that energy won't you won't break free from that unless you have the self-awareness to kick that inner thought process to the curb yeah 
it's really about managing those thoughts and figuring out how to move forward from it. Because a lot of us, self-sabotage is very easy. Yes. It's it's almost like a... Um, it's a protection mechanism yeah. from fear and risk. And, yep. and you can say, I know exactly what to do. I know the the exact steps I need to get there, but we don't do them because we're scared of something. Something else is holding us back. It's not... Some people are even scared of success. They don't even know what they would do or talk about or anything if they didn't have their their problems mm-hmm. or just what that looks like on, on getting there. They think, again, they're not smart enough. They're not good enough to, or worthy of even having it. And I want to remind everyone listening to this that you are all of those things. You are worthy. You are smart enough. You are capable. It's just, it's a lot of work and it's really scary. And it takes a certain level of self-awareness to, to realize I think you're going to talk about that a little Mm -hmm. bit more when you find yourself falling into listening to this inner critic and you fall for it. It's, it's one thing to pull yourself into a negative space, but if you can be self-aware, that's the first step to fixing it. It is. And I want to invite everyone to a new concept of thinking. And I learned this again in my training and I'm going to tell you, I had a really hard time, but I've had some time to think about it and I've been applying and adopting it in my own life and I feel I'm in a place where this actually makes sense especially in situations where someone's feeling a lot of shame and guilt and that concept is you cannot make a mistake and that life offers neither problems nor challenges only opportunities and we are all just trying to do our best and when we feel like we really made a mistake or we failed miserably or we just fell on our ass really hard and we feel like we can't get back up and we have the guilt around something and it paralyzes us to be able to move forward or make changes to start making progress again and when I first heard this I was like this is bullshit you can make a mistake I've made mistakes you know you just get up off your ass and you try again and the more I thought about it the more I was realizing I was talking I was thinking more of failures Like I tried something and it didn't work out the way I wanted. And then I just figure it out and I do it again. I was thinking more of like tactical things that I'm, that I was doing. But when you're thinking about relationships or you're going through, you know, a devastating divorce or breakup, or you went through trauma or something tragic, listening to other people's stories in the classroom about how this impacted them because they adopted it was really powerful. For example, if you were deployed to war, you're fighting for the freedom, you're fighting for a cause, and you know some of, you, some of you may not believe in war, but this was this person's reality at the time, and they had to kill humans, you know, regardless if they were you know in combat with them or they may have been innocent bystanders in the situation, they had to take away someone's life, and that guilt and all of that trauma and all that comes with that is just harboring within them and then adopting don't they they, think maybe i could have done something differently yeah should i have done that should i have even been there you know what what could i have done differently and again this this inner critic this replays again and again in their mind and just adopting that i did the best that i could in that time this was what i this is the task i was given i did my best with the situation at hand thinking that you know you can't make a mistake based on that then that is really freeing for some or someone 
you know, maybe had had cheated and the couple was working through this time and just realizing like there was some trying times or um, and being able to forgive one another, but also forgive yourself. That was an example that I heard or parents thinking that they maybe didn't do everything they could to teach their children, you know, I wish I would have said this or this, I wish I would have handled this situation differently and giving them themselves the grace that they did the best that they could. And there was no mistake. Do a lot of people think they could have made better choices all the time? Part of the reason you think that way, though, is because you did learn, mm-hmm. right? Like you you take the, the, the mistake or the failure or whatever label you want to slap on that. And then you're like, you learn from it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. if you're doing if you're doing life right, you're learning mm-hmm. instead of becoming a victim to it. And then you're like, wow, if only I would have done this. Well, yeah, because you learned, yeah. but you, but you didn't know then. You knew what you knew, mm-hmm. and so you did what you did based on what you knew and and your awareness at the time. Yeah. And we always say, I wish I would have known then what I know now. And applying that. I say that all the time. I'm like, man, if only I would have known in my 20s what I know in my 30s. And I'm sure in my 40s, it'll be the same way. Yeah, we're constantly learning. So if we could really take on this belief where I can't make a mistake, I really just did the best I could at that time. Again, it could really be freeing for that guilt and getting stuck in that space. However, on the contrary, we can't use this as an excuse just to make shitty decisions. Right. It can't be a crutch. You can't just be like, meh, I'm doing my best. And there's going to be times where you're not doing your best and you know it and you're aware of it. And then, you you know, you just be like, I got to get through today. Mm-hmm. But this is more like when you're beating yourself up over something that you did in the past. Yeah. This is where, where that form of grace really can help you out to move forward because there's no sense in beating yourself up over something that happened in the past mm-hmm. when for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you if you learn from it, you're a better human because of it. Mm-hmm. So thank God for that. And number two, you were doing your best. Just That's just as simple as that. I think that's very... I know for me, personally, I'm thinking of a few instances where I fucked up on something. Like truly, I, I did something and it was a mistake and my bad and I owe people apologies and maybe I didn't act the way that I should have, or I was really unprofessional in a meeting or something. And I'm like, wow, you know, giving myself the grace that at the time, you know, maybe I wasn't feeling good or maybe like this whole whole week since I've been sick. Sorry, guys, <laughs> I've been kind of a bear. <laughs> but I've just given the state of mind that I had at the time, it was, it's freeing to know that I can forgive myself for that and not have to sit there and ruminate over it. I don't have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and be like, "Uh, why did I say this?" Or, "Uh, what did you know? I could have, I could have done this instead." Mm-hmm. Because that's an illusion. You, you can't go back in time and fix things, and you shouldn't be a prisoner of your past. And guilt is not going to serve you in the present. Mm-hmm. So I can see how all of this, just giving yourself that grace, I think, is beyond freeing. And I hope that that everybody listening really can understand like Lindsay's concept. I know you said it was a hard one for everybody to get behind. And I was asking you a ton of questions about it because I was like, I don't get it. And you're like, no, I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was hard to adopt because we all just kind of default like, yeah, that was a mistake. You know, there was other examples like, well, 
you know, I lost a lot of money because I bought this house, you know, and the market crashed or I moved my money and a lot of, I lost a lot of money in the stock market. And, you know, I've made mistakes with money investments. And, you know, like I just said, I made mistakes, which Kyle and I have talked about that. He's like, you wish you wouldn't have done that then, but we, we probably wouldn't be in this situation now. And I really think that to be true. If I had a different result back in 2008 and 2009, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't have met Kyle. I wouldn't have been in this place right now. I wouldn't be sitting in this room with Jenna recording this podcast. I would have been somewhere different. Could have been just as great. Sure. I don't know. It could have been really shitty, but I'm, I'm here now and I love where I am now. And I, and I've chosen to make this life the best I can. And it may, you know, I don't know where it would have been, but I know I probably wouldn't be here right now without the choices I've made that I used to look at and beat myself up because I thought it was a huge mistake. It yeah, happened for and a reason. Probably every time that popped back into your mind, you had that icky feeling of, oh, you know how like when you're like, when you, when you're thinking of something or something's in the back of your mind and then you realize what it is and it's just gives you that feeling mm-hmm. in your tummy where you're like, it just feels gross. Yeah. And then it took you, me and then eight you, years to forgive myself for that. Yeah. And then it starts to give you that negative self-talk, that gremlin mm-hmm. starts going, oh, you know, you're dumb, you idiot. What the fuck like, are you thinking? And reality back then, I I did my research. I really thought I was making the best choice. I oh, really yeah. did. So did a lot of people. I was people. only 23 years old and, yeah. and there was a lot happening and I I really had to forgive myself and it took me a long time to do that. And now I'm like... Why am I even worried about it? Yeah. You know, it happened. I can't change it. So why am I devoting so much energy and causing, giving myself so much griefs and beating myself up all the time for something that I can't change? Oh, it yeah. happened. So now what? Yep. And I have, I mean, there's, I, we could probably share back and forth different things, but so for me, one of the things that I used to beat myself up about until probably a couple years ago was I was married once before I was young, um, and I the marriage lasted a year and a half, maybe just shy of two years, and toward the end of that marriage, I was not a good wife. I was a jerk. I was not nice, and the man that I was married to was a very nice person, like very good human being, and I was just an a-hole. It just didn't work out. We weren't meant to be together, and... Um, for the longest time, I really beat myself up for the way that I treated him. Um, and the fact that I had failed my parents so young, you know, I thought that I was going to get married and do everything right and was going to live happily ever after in my, my pumpkin carriage and move (laughs) on with my life, but that's not how it worked. And, um, for anyone who's been, you know, divorced or had failed relationships, they know that how, how devastating that can feel and how much you can really beat yourself up over that. Mm -hmm. And man, I would just be like, you're, you know, that, that gremlin in my head would just say such nasty, nasty things. Like, you know, you're never going to be a good wife. Like you weren't a good wife then you're not going to be a good wife now. And, you know, one of the things that I ended up coming to terms with was that was a big learning experience. I learned what not to do and I learned, you know, what to look for in a partner and really how to how to do things better the second time. And I'm hoping that since I had that experience and I have had a massively failed relationship on the scale of a divorce, that I can do it better and that Jake 
you know, hopefully benefits from my mistakes in the past and learning from that and showing up as a better wife now. So like there's all kinds of things that that gremlin will just come up and just be nasty Mm -hmm. and just whisper really gross things in your head and, and make you try to believe it to hold you back to keep you safe or to just you know tear you down yep and it sucks but we we all have those moments or those things in the past that really can haunt us and it really sucks but knowing that you were doing your best I was doing my best I did my best with the awareness I had when I was 24 25 mm-hmm. what do you know then you just learn and you move on and you do better and some of sometimes it's a really hard lesson like you said like it can be devastating but we know that life kind of sucks half the time and we have we just have to manage through them and bringing awareness to it having that self-awareness giving yourself that again that grace to forgive yourself for what happened and learn from it you know i'm not saying just don't learn from it. I want I want everyone to learn from their mistakes. Yeah, if that's what they're gonna call going. it. Yeah. And reach out if you need to. You know, you're not alone in anything. And make sure that you have the support that you need to get through those tough times. The reason why I wanted to talk about this past and this mistake is because I feel like that inner critic is always in our head and it's constantly replaying these things. Things that are well, they're already resolved because they already happened, but we keep trying to change it or think about how we could have changed it when it's already resolved. It's done. Mm-hmm. The conclusion is out. It is over. That screenplay is written and done. Closed curtain. We have to think about what's ahead, not what has happened. Yeah, you got to let the past be the past and move on and not let it define you in the future, really. A lot of us do that. And it sucks because you're really just, you're living a half-assed life in the now if mm-hmm. you're continuing to draw on the past and and feel like you could have changed something because yeah. that's just a complete bullshit illusion. Nobody can go back in time. I don't have a flying DeLorean, do you? No. <laughs> no I don't <laughs> either. Yeah. My imagination can really run wild when I'm thinking about a heated conversation or being involved in a, a conversation with a group where I'm either going to stand back or or engage, and usually engagement gets pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. But then when it happens, it's never that way because I've already replayed it in my mind, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to show up that way. That's not – and I'm not a violent or aggressive person. No, I, and, I do the same thing where I'm like, oh. But you just take it to the extreme in your yeah. mind, and sometimes it could be – it could be good just to get it out in that way and be like, okay, if this happens, then this, or if this, then this. But but if it's re- playing in your brain to the point it's like, it, for, like for example, I have to pause what I'm listening to so I can pay attention to it, I think that's excessive. Like, give it a rest. That's really taking over your present situation. <laughs> it really is. It is overwhelming. <laughs> it just happened to me a couple weeks ago. That's impressive. <laughs> I know. It wasn't even Amy Porterfield. I was trying to listen to Brene Brown's new book. I'm like, hold on, Brene. Stop. <laughs> I have to tend to this argument. And it, it's frustrating when you get caught up in your own mind when you're trying to focus on something and your mind like takes a whole nother tangent and then you're like, fuck, what? The? You have to go back and re-listen to something or and learning to be present in the moment and have active listening. I've always been practicing that, you know, as, you know, a manager and, and being, you know, 
a, a leader in a, in a workplace, but really in my relationship too. And that's helped. But I have the hardest time when I have the opportunity to listen to like, um, like another medium, like a audio book or a podcast, something that will trigger like a thought process that goes way out on left field. Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I just, I can get totally lost where I'm not even listening to what I want to listen to. I get really caught up in my own thoughts. Yeah. But I am able to thankfully adjust that if I'm working with a client or, you know, talk, engaging with someone that, that I care about. Rain it back in. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the fishing pole maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> <Come> back. <laughs> get back here. But that's to say like all of this, you know, all of these, our thoughts can really be, we can really waste a lot of our mental energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we have energy, like if you're working out and you're lifting heavy weight, you have X amount of glycogen in your muscles. You have X amount of energy to exert on that task. Well, you have also a finite amount of mental energy. And so if you're spending your mental energy in the past, beating yourself up over previous things and you're letting that inner critic really run your life, you're really giving too much of your your power to the past and that critic instead mm-hmm. of you know, taking that mental energy, that finite energy, and putting it into creating a better life now and in the future. Mm-hmm. It's it's really and and all it takes guys is just self-awareness yep and we've talked about that in previous podcasts where knowing what you value and figuring out that kind of thing will really help yep so let's talk about how to disempower that inner critic and that gremlin so to say tell me how i can lock her up so the first one is self-care And the second one is identify your values. And I'm not going to go into these too much because we have podcasts that we've previously recorded around these, but know that taking care of yourself is critical. Take care of yourself, have that self-care, have that time for yourself so you can show up in the best way possible. Identifying your values. Again, Jenna did a really beautiful job explaining the values and the important values and how if you're not aligned with your values, you're really not showing up and you can feel unbalanced in your life at that time. So go back, listen to those podcasts if you haven't already. The third one is stop trying to be perfect. Striving for perfection is setting yourself up for failure. It slows you down. It gets you stuck because you're always trying to have that control when you can only be perfectly you at any given point. Right. And you're giving that inner critic a lot of fuel mm-hmm. if you're expecting to be perfect. Yep. That he, critic he is or she in is just control. Like, yes. Yep. There's so much to chew on here. Yep. Let me just pick you apart for mm-hmm. the next foreseeable future. Yep. Perfectionism and people who say they're perfectionists can really resonate with this and they know exactly what we're talking about. It is that inner critic is in full swing. They have full control when you're in that that mindset usually we're using perfection as a way to please other people too Mm -hmm. and then when we fall short the inner critic just goes banana sandwich (laughs) on that shit they're like yeah Yeah. listen i knew you were a fuck up i knew you Mm -hmm. couldn't do it this way it could be a means of avoidance too it's not perfect can't do it couldn't put it out there it's a way of avoiding getting yourself out there yes it's a way of mitigating risk to a very high degree The fourth one is believe in yourself, truly believe in yourself. And sometimes that can be that that's easier said than done. Yeah. And it sounds woo woo, but 
in order to live your best life, you have to believe in it. And that's where it comes up with that thought work. If you don't believe that you can get to a certain place, like I'm trying to move out of state, or I'm trying to get this new job, or I'm going through a divorce, and you can't even believe that you can even be in a new relationship, have a new career or live somewhere new, you have to start small, like, okay, I can apply for this job, or I can take this class to learn this new skill, you have to take small steps. So you start to believe in yourself that you can get there again, that you are capable, you're worthy of it, and you are smart enough to get there. You may not have it all together right now. And that's normal. You have the foundation. Now you just have the building blocks to get there. You you'll figure it out. Well, and they say they say what seeing is believing, but actually, it's the other way around. You have to believe something before you'll see it in the sense of you have to believe that you can overcome certain things or you can get through something in order for you to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Because if you just sit there and wait to see something or wait for it to happen to you, you're just going to be like waiting. Yes. When we're young, that's all we had. We we had these beliefs and these thoughts and these aspirations. You know, we couldn't see it tangibly what we were going to do for our career or what, we were, what things were going to look like when we quote unquote grew up. So we were so future focused and goal oriented and like somewhere in our 30s and late 20s, that kind of stops and we start just focusing on the past and what we could have, would have, should have done when we should be still striving and reaching and thinking, what's next? What's new? What can I do? Because right now we just feel stuck. A lot, yes. of, a lot of people just get stuck in what there is because they're like, well, this is what I created for myself. Well, you can still create something new. Well, they, Why does it stop exactly. now? And, and that's actually an amazing point because we're all creative. There's no such thing as not being creative. If you are a human being, you are a creative individual and you're creating every single day. That's Amen. It. Whatever your current reality is, you created it. Mm-hmm. And you will create your reality moving forward. Moving forward. Yep. Tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month. And if you, if you believe something, so this is kind of, this is getting a little off topic, but believing in yourself, but also believing that you're meant for something bigger and you can achieve it, you're absolutely limitless. And I know that also sounds woo woo and ridiculous, but it's very true. Like the biggest, most innovative people on our culture have been that way. Like you don't, I guarantee you, was it Edison that created the light bulb? He wasn't like, I'll see the, I'll believe this when I see it. Mm -hmm. He knew that he could do it. He believed that he would figure out a way to do it. And I think he failed over a hundred times or 200 Mm -hmm. times. And he's like, I didn't fail. I just figured 200 ways not to do something. Yeah. Which is true. But he believed truly that he could do it. And this sounds simple and you can just easily pass it off. But it's probably one of the biggest is really believing in yourself and having faith in yourself. I agree. So... Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing so good without hacking into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, Jenna's sick right now. So she's like holding in her cough, but you're doing good. And you sound good. You don't sound, I'm I always sound my, more raspy than you I'm anyway. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> Number five is quit comparing yourself to others. Comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, it is inner critic overload. It stops your progress in the tracks. If you're constantly comparing, you're always going to think, well, they're doing it better. They've already done this or look at them. And, you know, it's going to be like you're never good enough because you always think that they're of course. they're doing it better. Mm-hmm. And you know what? P- 
please don't compare yourself to anything on Instagram or Facebook because that is such curated crap. That's a highlight reel. Ugh. Our social medias are a highlight reel. You are not going to, you are not advertising your fights with your spouse on social media. Hopefully you are not, you know, I mean, maybe sometimes you're going to share something that was like shitty, but honestly, it's a highlight reel. Do not compare your real life to somebody else's highlight reel. Everything is, you know, how many times touched have you, up and filtered and. Well, and how many times have you been like, completely shocked when Susie and Tim get divorced and you're like oh my god their life looked so perfect mm-hmm. yeah yeah sure it did but behind closed doors that shit wasn't real so social media isn't real no it's not and so you compare yourself that's the easiest way to com- to compare I think that's where most of us do our comparisons is either Back on in the social day. media or in the workplace you know you're just comparing when yeah. you don't know other people's circumstances I could go and compare myself to all these, you know, new coaches that are coming onto the scene or who are already there and be like, God, there's so many coaches and I don't know if I can make it and have those thoughts cross my mind. Yeah, but it doesn't serve me. And I know that I can still do this. I believe in myself that this, I can make this possible. Well, and it can cause overwhelm. Huge. Like one of the, re- like during B school for one of the modules, Marie says to do a little bit of research on your competition just to see what other people are doing. And I, I didn't do that part which may have been a dumb move, but I also didn't want to get sidetracked and start going down the rabbit hole of, oh, you know, they're, they're already, why do this? Because they're already doing it. Someone else is already doing it better. Mm-hmm. Comparing my, my beginning to their, you know, chapter 25, you know? And so that's the other thing. You might not be in the same place that somebody else is right now. You mm-hmm. might be at the beginning, mm-hmm. just like you are in your coaching business. You can't compare your coaching practice and Just business been in it for 10 years yeah like to Brooke Castillo you can't like she's been doing this for years and years and years like I'm a graphic designer somebody who's just graduating college can't compare themselves it's not apples to apples you have to really give yourself grace to be where you are mm-hmm. at the stage you are and not compare yourself to somebody else yes and that leads into the final tip is number six is self-compassion give yourself a freaking break amen that's it yeah full stop <laughs> That's it. It's really true. There's so many times where we beat ourselves up over no no reason whatsoever, other than we hold ourselves to these ridiculous expectations Mm -hmm. and we fall short. And that can be, you know, part of perfectionism, but also, you know, like we're doing our best. Give yourself a freaking break. I hope that all you guys listening can come over into the Facebook group. We would love to hear from you. We were very, we got really real with you today and shared some stories about where we've struggled with our inner critic really giving us a beating over and over. Mm-hmm. Crap has haunted us in the past that comes up in the future or in the present. And share with us. We love to hear your stories. And sometimes just getting it out there and saying, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is the reality. I'm letting this go and yeah. releasing it is all you need. So yep. we want to make sure that we're always encouraging our ladies in the group to be honest, be vulnerable. It's a safe space for you to share anything yeah. that you need. Our group is not a highlight reel like Instagram stories and and pages. It is real life. It is real things that are happening to us. And thank you for everyone who's already been on there and sharing because it is empowering. And like Jenna said, sometimes it just feels good to get it off your chest and just to voice it to somebody. And share the good stuff too, because we want to oh, cel- yeah. we want to celebrate with you. I think I, I shared something yesterday about 
the girl who helped the, the single mom out of the clinic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's just like that I needed to see yesterday. Yep. It was just so refreshing. So we want to hear from you. You want to talk about what's coming up? Some oh. things to look forward to? Yes. So one thing that's going to come up that you will start seeing, we're going to have little what we're going to call our shorty episodes where each week, midweek, we're going to come up with like a 10 minute quick episode, you know, no longer than 10 minutes, just to give you guys some extra content. It's fun. Just some things that pop into our mind. It'll probably just be quick and easy. It might be Jen and I, it might just be one of us. So it'll be fun. I've had something come up where I've just been like, this would be a great thing to just throw up on the podcast. And so we're going to start doing that for you guys. So that's exciting. Yep. And the other thing that's in the works is we are creating a website, all kinds of goodies, a place where we can all, we have our Facebook group, of course, but we want to make sure that we can send people somewhere to figure out the recaps and get all the juicy details on other things that we got going on. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a getting your art of getting your shit together website coming soon, probably if not in end of 2018, beginning of 2019. Yep. So that's in the works. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for that. You're going to want to be on the list and involved. Yes. So until next time, give us a five star on iTunes. Follow us on Anchor or wherever you listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. Hit that subscribe button for us. And we will see you next time, next week. Same time, same place. Awesome. See Adios. You later.